series of lectures about Padashambrita's first four verses. <coughs> so today we will go with the third one, but brief mention regarding what we were speaking about yesterday. We were studying Padashambrita's second shloka, where Srila Rupa Goswami was enumerating, you say? Okay. Six uh, unfavorable practical principles re- related to to the bhakti life, basically, and so on. So he spoke about not accumulating in excess, but trying to accumulate in the context of bhakti, taking to offer that back in service. Like, I don't know, if you are walking in the street and someone in front of you is walking in the same direction, and that person like loses one $100 bills and goes to the floor. So there are three options you can do take there. No? Karma, Gyan and Bhakti. So karma is you take the bill and you suddenly start walking into a new direction. <laughs> Some other place you were going. No? Gyan will mean, oh, that bill is not mine, I continue. <laughs> and Bhakti is, I'm taking. So it seems, oh, he's taking. But you are taking it for connecting with its source, if you will. So, so Atyahara, in this case, will mean you are taking not to connect with the source, but just to take a taxi and leave to another direction <laughs> and get the bill for you, basically. <laughs> so that's not the idea, of course. Atyahara, Prayasasya, the necessary effort that comes from un- unnecessary accumulation. But again, being open to accumulate or even enjoy if Krishna wants so. That's important point in the context of Saranagati, as we may see. No, no, no. These great festivals when Mahaprabhu was with his devotees, and they were having prasad. The Bengali term for that is akanta. No, akanta means kanta is throw, throw, throw. Mm-hmm. Right. So akanta means till here, prasad. And so you may say, oh, they are accumulating more than necessary. No? Udara, pasta, vega. <laughs> And that was in the context of pleasing Mahaprabhu. In the context, I mean, festival is not every single day of your life <laughs> in that regard. So there is a moment when you are engaged in sense indulgence in a way that is favorable for your saranagati. That's the, the, the proper self-indulgence, self-sense gratification, if you will. So we spoke about Atyahara, Prayasascha, Pradalpa, well, I won't go into detail over about each of them. Niyamagraha, these two meanings of how to deal with rules, regulations, following the spirit, not the form. And Jana Sangascha, Laulimcha, the importance of avoiding bad association. And we spoke in detail what's really bad association. It can even come with Tilak and Sika. <laughs> Sometimes our inner anartas speak to us from inside with dress us. Whatever, tanyasis, the electric. I'm saying for my, for my 
and uh, Jana Sangsha Lolyam no, on this idea of greed and how to properly develop greed and counteract the improper greed by proper greed, basically. You know, Jukta Vairagya implies that. No? Find the proper way of expressing everything. Mm-hmm. Anartha means you have not found yet the proper way of expressing any, everything, so you are just expressing yourself from the side of false values. But when you get to find the Artha, and go to speak the Paramartha, I mean, an artha is no longer necessary, basically. An artha means you know you don't know still how to properly connect and express everything in connection to the source. So today we are we will speak about six other points that Sila Rupa Goswami mentions that will be uh, anukul, favorable for our bhajan. As we say yesterday, interestingly, he started mentioning the six ones that are unfavorable because sometimes we learn much more by knowing what we shouldn't do than what we should do. <laughs> so Srila Rupa Goswami used this strategy and started speaking about you shouldn't do this and you should do this, basically. <laughs> so this third shloka says like this. Uchaha nishayat dairyat tattat karma pravartanat sangatyakat satubhite sadbir bhaktir prasidyati previous verse was Sadbir Bhaktir Vinashyati. Now, we have Prashidyati. Vinashyati means something that will ruin your your Bhakti and Prashidyati means something that will nurture your Bhakti process. So he mentions here six important points, so we will go over one after the other. So let's start with Utsaha. So what's Utsaha? Which type of enthusiasm? Because, I mean, we may be enthusiastic in so many wrong directions. <laughs> oh, he's suffering, I'm so enthusiastic. He's worse than me, in a worse situation. But you know, Thakur seems like this. No? I'm happy when I see others suffering, and I'm suffering when I see others happy. So that's a type of enthusiasm, we could say. <laughs> so the, the, the enthusiasm that here it's maintained is to be enthusiastic about embracing those things that are favorable to our devotional culture. I mean, a particular type of favorable enthusiasm, because there may be so many other unhealthy, quote-unquote, inspirations over there. So, we should understand, to be enthusiastic about those things that will nurture my practice. So, that's the whole thing, because maybe you find, oh, I'm not naturally enthusiastic about certain points that I know will nurture my practice. Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Susukam Kartumabhyayam. This practice should be Susukam, like very happy. In other words, you should embrace the things that constitute the very foundation of the practice, you should embrace them happily. Even though for a moment it's a little bit difficult to do that, with your intelligence, you must understand this is the best thing I could embrace in my life. So, the type of happiness will come there. Even though there's some, still some obstacles to the embrace coming from your own sense because of embracing so many other false idols, if you will. <laughs> we cannot yet fully reciprocate yet with the embrace that Krishna has thrown to us from the very beginning. Actually, Bhakti is all about giving the the 
the hug, you say, giving back the hug that Krishna had thrown to us from the very beginning. When we start to chant Hare Krishna, we are not the, the, the ones starting the whole relationship. I mean, we are trying just to give the hug back. Hare Krishna. If we are chanting Hare Krishna because Krishna first made the first step to... <laughs> so now... You follow the deal. It's not that, okay, I will start the whole project and I will call you Hare Krishna. No, no, no. <laughs> if you are just trying to do that, it's because he made the first step and the second and the third and so many other, 108. <laughs> so, so you should, we should be enthusiastic about no? Srila Prabhupada, in, in the purport to that verse, he said, enthusiasm means effort combined with intelligence. That's equal to enthusiasm. No? because what I was saying you have to make some effort still maybe you are not naturally enthusiastic in embracing all the favorable stuff so you should make some sacrifice and you should use your intelligence to nurture your sacrifice because if you have to make some sacrifice regarding something that you do not know why you are doing that I mean, how much you will able to sustain that <laughs> as we spoke the other day about tolerance and on certain level tolerance has to be nurtured by intelligence because if you don't know why do I have to tolerate this why will you tolerate that <laughs> but if you understand by tolerating this in this way that will be good for you and you understand that oh I have some extra impetus for that and the postgraduate level of tolerance will be I do not feel that I have to tolerate anything I mainly feel I am being tolerated <laughs> No? Once when they want to say like that, no? when you feel I have to tolerate that person, that person, no? feel the other person has to tolerate you as well. Ashila Purimarachma said, if you really want to be inspired with tolerance, <laughs> just think about Paramatma, who is in your heart for uncountable lives, tolerating you life after life after life. all this nonsense sounding inside there. And still Paramatma is there. He didn't wrote some note, I'm leaving here, it's too much. No. <laughs> so, you have to be inspired about being tolerant as well. So, to be properly enthusiastic, you have to use these devices, no? Intelligence, enthusiasm, uh, sorry, sacrifice, tolerance, and naturally you will become like, full of certain particular type of, enlightened, you will become enlightened, basically. But the idea is be enthusiastic about those things that nurture bhakti. So for in that regard you first have to know which are those things. And this quality also has a lot to do with the idea of nishta. No? Because anishta means false enthusiasm, you know, like and all the other unstable stages. But even this false enthusiasm is a necessary aspect of the beginning of bhakti. Actually, for beginning whatever thing you would like to do, you need some enthusiasm. Even outside of the realm of bhakti, you want to start whatever, <laughs> you have to have minimum enthusiasm to make the first step there. But to speak about sustaining that, uh, as we spoke the other day, we are Vaishnavs, so we are about sustainment, sustainability. Vishnu is the sustainer. So it's easy, relatively easier to start something. Of course, it's much more easy to destroy what you started. <laughs> but the most difficult thing is to maintain what you have started. Ambition is right there in the middle. 
maintenance. So, okay. <clears throat> so, enthusiasm has to be there. We should be use our intelligence in order to always remain enthusiastic. Srila Thakur Bhaktivinoda, in his um, Bhaktialog commentary to this verse, he said, if you are not enthusiastic, your worship will uh, be affected by distraction. Interestingly. It means you are not enthusiastic enough. If you are really enthusiastic, I mean, you will be focused. Your mind will go one-pointed. You will be really going in one direction. So, it's an interesting idea when we speak about distraction. There's a famous uh, poet in Argentina, Facundo Cabral, called. He says very interesting things. And one of them, he said, you are not depressed. You are distracted. <laughs> no, when you think, oh, I'm depressed, no, no, you are just looking too much in the wrong direction. <laughs> and uh, after insisting so many times of being distracted in this wrong direction, that's called depression. <laughs> you see no hope, no horizon, because you became convinced this is the only point available. <laughs> but when you start to realize, oh, there are some other horizons, I'm not. You start to stop being distracted. Oh, you find some nice horizon over there. The horizon is limited. It starts to expand more and more. So, as, as they speak today in philosophy, you don't. How is the term? Like causal closure. I'm expressing myself properly in English. Causal, causal closure. Sometimes we make the causal closure not regarding the the ultimate purpose, but regarding like the ultimate cause, but immediate cause, different levels of causes are there, immediate cause, uh, formal cause, instrumental cause, and ultimate cause. So we should make the causal closure in the ultimate cause. So there we have a very wide horizon, and there is no possibility of, of depression or distraction, but enthusiasm. So the very word enthusiasm uh, comes from this Latin conception in theos, theos, no? like God, with God in. No? So having with God in means I have faith in God. I have faith in His words. I have faith in His revelation. I have faith in Shastra. I have faith in Sadhu, and I become enthusiastic no? in that regard. No? So it's interesting to to conceive the idea of being enthusiastic about having like proper confidence in the proper direction so that's what the second quality is, is connected to you know? after enthusiasm comes in order to make the idea of enthusiasm much more clear Rupa Goswami says Utsaha Nishchayat so what's Nishchayat it has to do with this last point I mentioned sometimes it's translated as like determination or strong faith, if you will. So again, Nishta is coming to the forefront. So interestingly, all these qualities that Rupa Goswami is mentioning as favorable to Bhakti had a lot to do with Nishta. Like implying, as Guru Maharaj was saying, oh, today in the talk also, unless you get to Nishta, so many problems will be there always. <laughs> so many problems, so many problems. But Nishta, you start to have a proper, as we were saying, horizon. So many of the previous problems just 
become part of the were part of the destruction. So, so nishaya has to do with determination. So you may say, oh, first enthusiasm. I want to be enthusiastic, but I'm not enthusiastic. Okay, determination. Or it, sometimes it say makes an effort with confidence. No? Prabhupada translate like that. No? Effort with plus confidence will result in uh, enthusiasm. So, Guru Maharaj always explains this idea. We spoke, I think, yesterday or two days ago about the, 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 the role of effort or sacrifice in connection to grace. The role of sadhana in connection to mercy. So, how we should apply ourselves in practice just to make our heart more and more fit for receiving this, this dawn of this race of causeless mercy. So this second point is, is very important, trying to, mm, to be determined in following, uh, again, the precepts of the scripture, not to just determine in, in whatever direction. <coughs> Even in the face of certain obstacles, that's an important point. I mean, to for with trust, this has a lot to do with charanagati, rakshisha, tibishu, so no. you have trust. No. You have Sri Lasirmash will call this boldness in his own words. <laughs> boldness, in spite of certain so-called obstacles, I trust Krishna will protect me. No. The famous example are the gopas entering into Agasur. They're really bold no? because they realize, oh, new new cave today in Vrindavan, no? new cave. Let's enter. Said otherwise, no. It seems it's not a cave. It's, it's just a mouth of a big python. Just and it seems that maybe she's waiting there for just swallowing us. Well, it's a new cave. <laughs> Somehow or other, it's a new cave. And we have to really ex- go through that through the experience. A new cave. We are young boys, we have to live the experience. So anyhow, whatever it may be happening, Krishna will protect us. Rakshi Shati Bishwa So He will do that, no doubt about it. So we sh- we should reach that point where we will come really bold. Abhai Chara. You have such a faith that you become Abhai by taking shelter of the Abhai Charanarabin. There's a lot of faith in Krishna. So this second quality has a lot to do with this idea that also is present in Nishtha. Like strong faith, strong confidence, strong hope, as we were speaking the other day. And hope is something different from uh, do not make the mistake. On one side we have hope, we have faith, we have, um, I don't know, trust, confidence, hope. And on the other side, something that sounds similar but it's different is expectation. <laughs> so if we are not intelligent we may really make a mistake about those things and in the name of faith and confidence we are just projecting expectations and getting attached to particular results and just putting God our, under our service and the guru and the sadhu they should reciprocate in this particular way so we already know what's best for us <laughs> we go to them for shelter but we already give them the formula so please Krishna help me in this and this and this particular way but help me I cannot do it no? so it's a little bit contradictory <laughs> so expectation I mean we should have expectations in, in, in a healthy way but I would say expectation in a healthy way is hope basically no? whatever Krishna considers best for me 
that will come. I don't have a... I'm not attached to a particular way that Krishna's mercy has to come with me. That should be... Maybe as you advance in bhakti, you develop a particular mood and bhav and necessity of reciprocation. But in the stage we are speaking here, nishta like this, Hari is sustaining me, Hari is protecting me, so I have strong faith that He will do it, whatever. And whatever is coming to me, I will go through that. Even if it takes some time, even if it seems difficult. So there we go to the third attribute that is called dhairya. Dhairya means. You tell that part. Patience. Thank you. Patience. So, you may say, oh, I'm not enthusiastic, and you tell me, okay, I have to make effort with determination. I'm doing that, and nothing is happening. Patience. <laughs> <laughs> so, in Spanish, patience is similar. We say paciencia, and interestingly, if you divide the word in two, you have paz and you have ciencia. So, paz is peace, and ciencia is science. So, paciencia is like the science of peace. No? <laughs> Interestingly. No? In English, you say patience is close to that. No? If you want peace, you know which is the, the science to go through. So, interestingly, patience in, in, in Sanskrit is dhairya. And dhairya, if you have dhairya, you become dhira. Dhira means you translate as sober person. So that yes, you are sober when you know how to be patient. Mm-hmm. Of course, patient doesn't mean to be uh, um, to resign yourself to something that is shouldn't be resigned to. But you should know how to wait and how when to wait, even in the face of certain obstacles, to go through them and to wait for them. Or even if you have some particular spiritual longing. And such longing, or the, the object of the longing is not coming, apparently. <laughs> but maybe Krishna is just like testing us a little bit. We know so many pastimes are like this. Now I was reading a little bit some verses from the beginning of the first chapter of the Rasa Panchadhyay, the Rasa Lila. And the first chapter when Krishna calls the gopis, gopis come running. <laughs> leaving all behind, leaving all consideration of I and mind behind, says Vishwanath just following the flute, and Krishna welcomes them and starts to speak to them in a very, like, dualistic, if you will, way, you know, like saying one thing, but implying to say others, and sending basically on the external way, sending them back home, but with a particular intention, intention is mine, putting them to test in such a way that they're love will be churned and increased more and more. But it seems on the outside that Krishna is rejecting them. No, they came, they left all behind, and try to understand the situation, they left family, home, the bread in the oven, the kids on the breast, <laughs> whatever, the husband in the, in the living room, everything was left. No, social media, everything was left behind. <laughs> and they were just standing there before Krishna without any sense of I and mine. Just, this Ahammameti was thrown out of the window and they ran out of the flute. And Krishna says, oh, it's too late for young ladies like you to be in the middle of the forest. Better you go back home. Your 
your relatives must be must be concerned with you. So the gopis were like. But Krishna knew which was the result of that. So he was trying to just increase the longing. On the f- so sometimes that can happen to us on our particular level, of course. <laughs> but we should be open to that. No? Let Krishna turn your heart. Let God no? play with you as Prabhupada said in his poem. No? Make me a puppet and make me dance as you like. No? You are the one who will put the music and make me dance. I won't choose the soundtrack. <laughs> let's say you play your flute as you wish you move me like you wish and I will try to to learn the, the steps of the new dance as, as I am trying so sometimes these tests will come and the tests will come to prove our, our if you will fidelity and chastity our surrender we need to be put under to test I mean that's what we were speaking some time ago tests are totally required for us to realize where are we standing now because if I do not receive any test it's relatively easy to say God will love you and, and this and that but the tests come and you realize oh where I'm going now <laughs> so because of that Kunti Dei was praying and so on on one level we may say she was praying for problems on this famous verse send me problems send me problems and you say, oh, she was pretty masochist. No? Send me problems. I mean, that already sounds masochist. If you study her life, it sounds really clinical case because she already had enough problems for three lifetimes in one, only one, some years. <laughs> so she was praying for more. But I would say she was praying for tests, let's say. Please, Krishna, keep sending tests. So my love is put on the under fire no? and, and, and it's probably put under fire it will really become more stronger as you put the iron in fire in the proper point to melt and the other like this no? you, you know where to put where to take it out like this so tests are required so should, we should one point praying to God send me tests no? because those tests will show me where I am now and I want to know where I am I don't want just to live my spiritual life thinking I am situated here and there while I am somewhere else. So I will really know where I am so I can know from that how I can proceed to where where I should be, ideally. <laughs> but if I do not know where I am, I mean, as we spoke the other day, we need the GPS to know where to go, but where I am. <laughs> if I don't know, and GPS I mean Guru Parampara system. I don't have any wrong idea. Not, not like global position stuff, no. no. GPS, Guru Parampara system. So Guru will come to show you where you are, will put you to test in Seva, to, so that you yourself realize, oh, where I am now, and where you have to go, and which is the, no, the path in between the two points. So this daira is very necessary, no? by, by being properly patient, we became sober. To be sober means to be patient, basically. In other words, if you are, not, if you are impatient, you are not sober. That's some sort of intoxication and you are seeing some altered, altered reality. No? So, virasta tranamuhyati is Krishna. If you don't want to be under confusion, you have to become sober. Sober means stop drinking, stop. I mean, to not take intoxicants as one of our four regulative principles 
means more than just not taking beer and wine. It means do not take any other thing that is creating some sort of hallucination. So impatience. I mean, if we want to apply this four regulative principle in, in in a deep way, <laughs> that's so much things to do. So to not indulge in intoxication. Oh. Pride is an intoxication, impatience is intoxication. So still we are trying to follow the four re- regulative principles as much as we can. <laughs> <coughs> so Bhakti Nottakur say that, no? You practice Dharya, you become a Dira, so you will control yourself, and by becoming a Dira, as first Loka says, you will be able to control the whole world. Pretty Vimsa Sisyat, no? Dirastata. But first, start home. And, and patience is a very, very important thing. We show that exhibited in so many, so many examples in the scriptures. And to have a very dynamic sense of patience, not just waiting and waiting, but harmonizing whatever is happening to us in the way. Famous example is Gorkishore Dasbhavaji being thrown stones by some kids. And he exhibited a very a very dynamic sense of patience. <laughs> he said, Krishna, <laughs> if you continue throwing stones at me, I will tell Mother Yashoda about your mischief. So well, he, that was a very Mahabhagavat-like patience. But it was a type of patience, because the, st- the stones were keeping arriving to him. <laughs> but he took it, he harmonized, he accommodated the whole situation in a very sweet way. So patience should be eventually really sweet. Hmm? This is what the Bhagavatam says also. Very important verse. Where Brahma is praying to Krishna Brahma Stuti and saying, For once who are earnestly, earnestly waiting for your mercy, he's speaking to Krishna. Those people will be able to tolerate patient tolerance. Whatever is coming to them as a result of their previous misdeeds, and meanwhile they are tolerating that, they are offering service to you with their words, mind, body, and such people become the rightful heir, heir? Heir. Heir. To to the throne of devotion. Mukti Pade Bhakti. Sarvabhoma wanted to delete the word, but that's another thing. <laughs> so Srila Siddhar Maharaj explains this verse very nicely, and he says, I mean, he says, if you have faith in your bright future, you will be able to pay whatever price the environment wants to ask for you with a big smile. <laughs> that's real patience. No? Because something is coming as a result of maybe some previous misdeed. So instead of saying, oh, why well, this is coming, complaining, escaping from that, attacking that, getting depressed, so many options you have, so many evasive options. Instead you have to be bold, courageous, and say, oh, actually, if the real result of my previous misdeeds should be coming, if I will also only pray for, for justice, as we said the other day, oh, Something else will be coming, something bigger than this. <laughs> but Krishna is so merciful, and He just made my previous karma this. This little thing that I have to have some patience regarding with. So I should 
have faith that this is the price I have to pay in order to arrive to such a bright future that I am receiving. I should pay this whatever the environment wants to ask from me with the biggest smile I possibly have. <laughs> That's the, the idea of this Bhagavad verse and the spirit of patience in our hmm, Gaudiya Sampradaya. Hmm? Waiting, but meanwhile waiting, serving, no? worshipping, being grateful, being big smile like this, no? like Narottam Das when Lokanath Das say to him, Narottam Das say, "Oh, please, you can be my guru." And Lokanath Das say, "No, <laughs> and, and no, and I will never be your guru because I made a vow that I will never accept disciples." So you can imagine an aspiring disciple going to his, you know, hopefully guru, and he's saying, "I will never be your guru." Indeed. I, I, but he he never lost faith. He had patience. And he continued serving his guru because he was his guru for him. <laughs> you know the story, right? Right. Okay. I will tell it no matter that, shortly. So he tried to serve him. He continued in a sacred way first, mm-hmm. daily for a year, or for more maybe. Logan was daily to do his, how do you call it? The answer, the call of nature. <laughs> and and, and, and Narita was there secretly and cleaning the stool of his guru secretly serving his after some weeks no, Lokanath came and said I mean this little kunja I'm coming to do this thing is so nice always now are garlands there and incense so someone is serving me secretly something is going on so next day he hides behind a bush and finds after doing no, passing stool like this Narutam comes with a broom no, and so happy no, serving his guru secretly and Lokanath appears and says to him, What are you doing? No? Well, I'm trying to serve you. I told you I will never be your guru. Imagine that's strong. <laughs> and and Narathan started to cry. And he recited one Bengali poem no? where it is said, No girl is speaking. Oh if if my father already if I get in love with someone but my father arranged another marriage for me I will never be happy with that. Uh, so he was kind to say to Lokanath, "You, I want you to be my guru." But Lokanath said, "You have to get initiation by Jiva Goswami." <laughs> he said, "But I felt you are my guru." So eventually, you know, this <coughs> continued such a way that eventually Lokanath gave Narottam like legal blessings for continuing doing this service. So for a year or more, Narottam was cleaning the stool of his guru that was his only quote unquote <laughs> connection to Lokanath not even a word but he was so happy and waiting having patience but in a very practical way in a very surrender and joyful way so of course after a year <coughs> Lokanath Goswami was like no? he was a, like Niyamakshana no? <laughs> he made a bow and he was starting to find difficulties in sustaining the bow <laughs> So, see, I, I made a vow, a lifelong vow of never accepting a disciple, but this boy is so <coughs> patient, enthusiastic, determined. <laughs> so he shared his mind with Bugarba Goswami, who was a, like a close friend of him. And say, I made this vow. No? So Bugarba Goswami said, okay, you made that vow of never accepting a disciple, but it seems that Narottam made another vow. 
to accept you as his guru. And it seems his vow is more powerful than yours, he says. <laughs> no? Like implying, it seems you will have to break your vow. <laughs> no? Sometimes that has to happen. Krishna breaks his vow for the sake of his devotee. So Lokanat break his vow, call Narata and say, to accept the disciple like you will be a purification for me. No? So eventually he accepted him. But immediate, immediately he sent him to Jiva Goswami also. <laughs> but the patience was there. That's my point. No? A very dynamic and joyful patience. So when Rupa, Rupa Goswami said Hairat, he's inviting us to this type of patience. Mm-hmm. Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta also mentions if you are not patient uh, and regarding the, the arrangements that the Lord is making in your life, with that lack of patience, you are showing that you do not trust God and you are showing your strong desire of controlling the situations and you being the enjoyer of them because you don't have time to wait for the proper arrangements of the Lord. So impatience is showing many uh, nasty things, if you will. (laughs) And patience, proper patience is showing exactly the opposite. I trust your arrangements in in my life and I'm not so like uh, in, in a rush to enjoy that's the very idea of asura basically uh, I don't want to go to the extreme but <laughs> asura could be tr- translated as someone who is, has no patience <laughs> because asura asu is right now and ra comes from ramante which means enjoy so asura means I want to enjoy now there is a song, I think, in English that says, I want it all and I want it now. <laughs> in Argentina, it's even a worse one. But there is one song that says, <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, my prayer for the author of that song, wherever he may be. He said, I don't know what I want, but I want it now. <laughs> a famous rock and roll hymn there. I don't know what I want, but I want it now. Uh, real thematic line uh, and totally that but I'm I, I, I don't know what anything but I have no patience <laughs> at the same time it's just too much. Mm. so maybe we want what we want but we should be willing to not want it now because if we start to realize the value of what we really want hopefully what we really want we realize this is not cheap so I wish I should be willing to wait lifetimes for that no problem once where the devotee asks Sri Dasilamar how many lifetimes are there remaining for me? Well, maybe two, three, four, he said. But the devotee was like shocked, no like three lifetimes more, more, two. He looked at him like shocked. Silasilmar <laughs> was shocked. That's what's three lifetimes. Mm. Once I heard Brigupad asking Guru Maharaj about that. Have you heard that? <laughs> he narrated one in one class he gave about Manasiksha. He was really bold. <laughs> and he asked Guru Maharaj in one class, Guru Maharaj, how many lifetimes are remaining for me? <laughs> and Guru Maharaj said, three. So he said, sadhana, bhava, prem. So whatever time, however much time that takes, those are the three lifetimes. <laughs> so it may take three, it may take two, it may take thirty. No. The important thing is that we are, if we are serving with proper spirit, may take quicker but we can be 30 million lifetimes just doing bhakti without saranagati if you will and so the inner spirit of service should be there 
No? If there is not spirit of service, just imitation. Srila Siramaras will point. Devotion without surrender equal imitation. So it's not three lifetimes of imitation. So we should be, I mean, patience will come as much as we, Srila Siramaras say, as we have a glimpse of our bright future, <coughs> we will be willing to wait whatever time is necessary and to pay whatever price is necessary. As this famous story of Mukunda being chastised by Mahaprabhu. You know that one? All of you? Okay, I'll tell it quickly, with your permission. <laughs> we should be ready to hear it over and over again, this thing. So, <laughs> You know, somehow or other Mukunda was chastised by Mahaprabhu. He was not in the proper place with certain association, was not given a good precedent for other people. So Mahaprabhu chastised him by denying him of his association. So that's too much, no? because imagine what must it be to see Mahaprabhu. That's already a lot. And after seeing him, stop seeing him. <laughs> Do you follow? To first have darshan of Mahaprabhu, and suddenly being deprived of that. Stop seeing such a thing, such a form, such a person. <laughs> so Mukunda was on the verge of death in his place. And Mahaprabhu was really like showing a very... In the Lila, it, was, it had a purpose. He was really strict. Like very... And all the associates, of course, were the ones extending Mahaprabhu's grace to Mukunda in this case. And were daily visiting him because they were suffering because of hers, of his suffering. So Mukunda was just daily asking which are the news from Mahaprabhu today. So the associates were like sprinkled on him some news about Gors. Astakali a little. <laughs> and he will survive with that, no? Like this some days. And eventually Mukunda asked the devotees, Can you ask Mahaprabhu one thing? Yes, they said. Can you ask him when will be the next time I will have his darshan? Because that's the only thing that I'm thinking of. Just when I will be with him again. I mean, there's no other meaning to life for me than that. At some point of our practice, that feeling has to come. <laughs> If I don't have the direct association of the Lord, I mean, nothing else has value for me. Sunjaitam jagat sarvam govinda virahe name. That's real. Vipralamba, viraha, separation. The whole world is void unless I obtain some bog, perfect full union with my object of my love. So Mukunda was there just seeing everything void, everything purposeless except for getting the darshan again like a chakora bird you know the example just waiting for the the how do you say in English Raindrop. raindrops huh? and maybe there may be there may come some thunderbolt <laughs> there may be come nothing but chakora's determination is I only will take whatever comes from above Whatever it may come, something that will break my head, <laughs> will thirst, will make me thirsty, but I only want whatever is coming from there. I don't want anything from here, basically. So Mukunda was just waiting for that darshan. <laughs> so eventually, the devotees go to Mahaprabhu and say, "Well, Muku so they, Mahaprabhu saw them coming from somewhere. I say, where are you coming from? <laughs> we have just seen Mukunda. Oh, what does that guy want?" and now we have to ask him <laughs> what he asked us well he sent one question 
he asked where will be the next time you will concede, give him your darshan and Mahaprabhu said very like looking in another direction like hungry one million lifetimes period next topic <laughs> so the devotees were like oh my god and we will and we have to go now and tell that to him that was their concern I mean we will be guilty of ho- homicide you say mm-hmm. because we will be the ones killing Mukunda <laughs> by giving the answer and we know he's waiting for the answer we cannot just stop going and not giving any answer so in, on the way on the path to Mukunda's place they were saying between themselves you kill him no you kill him you tell him you, nobody wanted to kill Mukunda by giving such an answer but eventually they go Mukunda asks so did Mahaprabhu answer yet he said what did he say finally one bold guy there <laughs> says well he said in one million lifetimes you will have reobtained his association no. by darshan means association so Mukunda started just like jumping and dancing and shouting in ecstasy so they were like maybe he has some ear problem no? he heard something else maybe he heard one million milliseconds or whatever <laughs> so they went again and said Mukunda he said one million lifetimes lifetimes one million you should be crying <laughs> something like that I say no no I, I heard properly I heard one million lifetimes but what's one million lifetimes if I will receive again Mahaprabhu's darshan one million lifetimes it's nothing I mean, it's not it's not enough price to pay it's not just it's injustice no? <laughs> I feel embarrassed of having to pay so little currency <laughs> so the devotees were like wow that's real patience <laughs> and you know Mahaprabhu was actually waiting for Mukunda's reply so when they come they say no he reacted like this like this he started jumping and singing and celebrating so Mahaprabhu said bring him immediately <laughs> million lifetimes have already passed <laughs> no? because Krishna is time himself so if he wants one million lifetime pass in 30 seconds so he's called Kalashmi so Mahaprabhu bring him immediately so that type of patience that Mukunda was I mean he was ready really he was not making a show he was ready to wait for a million lifetimes so that made the million lifetimes became 15 seconds for Krishna he was not able to control himself in, no? in separation of such a devotee so as much as we express our patience in that no? <laughs> in that way such a noble way oh no, Krishna won't be able to, to restrain restrain to control himself when I want him here bring him back like Guru Maharaj said he will just shut your mouth and throw you into the lila forever <laughs> so some words about Darya patience um, we have three more attributes to mention I will be more brief but I consider this Darya an important <laughs> so the three others the three last ones are Tat uh, Tat Karma Prabhartanat Sangatyagat Satubhite. So Tat Tat Karma Prabhartanat, karma in this case means activity, not necessarily karma as we may understand, but karma is action, like Krishna says in the Gita, Janma Karma Chame Dibyam. He's speaking about his own karmas, which are Dibya, on Dibya Karma. So there is a form of transcendental karma activity. So Tat Tat Karma Prabhartanat means to engage, to follow. 
if you have this ideally enthusiasm uh, patience or how do you say in English fortitude fortitude, fortitude yeah. like this <laughs> so accompanied by this practice of karma pravartana which means follow the the, the the bhaiti, follow the bhidi, follow the prescriptions of what to do, not what not to do. Sometimes the famous verse quoted in this context is Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnusmaram, and so on. And this list of specific practices that we are recommended to do, to engage in hearing, speaking, singing. So in this way, trying to... How to say, no? Yeah, basically, try to, to, to engage your your time in this direction, your energy in these activities. Tat tat karma, pravartanat. Pravartanat also has to do with following, in a, engaging them, but not only engaging them externally, as we were saying before, but engage your spirit in those activities. Like give your devotional actions an inner substance. You know? Like when Arjuna asked Krishna, is it enough if I do whatever you tell me externally? To say no, no. You all, I also want your mind absorbed in me during those external activities. Man, mana. Eventually, he says, "Your mind, mana, man, mine. Your mind, mine." That's the essence of the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> your mind, mine. No? So, Tattat Karma Prabhupada says, as, as I was saying before, not mere imitation of just doing something, but the inner spirit of the thing. Bhava Grahi Janardana. So Krishna is addicted to the to the inner spirits of the thing, to bhakti. Gurmash once says, Krishna's diet is based on bhakti. That's what makes his stomach shatter. <laughs> Externally, patram pushpam, palanto yam, whatever you may have at the fridge. No problem. <laughs> Even if you don't have a fridge, take some water, whatever. But in that verse, bhakti, bhakti, two times he mentions the same word. Like saying, that's the main spice of the whole menu. If there's water, leaf, fruits, throw whatever you have there. Banana peels, you know the story, throw whatever. But bhakti, bhakti, that will make my stomach really. <laughs> break the fasting no? so the point is put some inner substance to the offering no? that's that, that karma pravartana this is the famous word atasri krishna namadi bhavat krahyam nindriyani sibon mukehi jibodos trayameva shpuratyada if you want krishna to reveal into your life he won't do through your senses blunt senses you say blunt the senses for themselves are not capable of showing krishna but if there is attitude service, hmm? those same senses will facilitate Krishna's spurti. He will appear. He's Rishikesh. Rishikesh means the Lord of the senses, which means, which is a very, a very nice name for Krishna regarding his mercy. The Lord of senses means he will even appear in front of each of your senses. Your senses by themselves cannot get a glimpse of adokshaya, of what's beyond no, here, but Krishna is so kind that his Krishikesh will come and become the lord of your senses and will just, no, manifest in front of all of you. But there is a little condition no, that is Sibon Mukhe. Try to have some attitude of service under uh, 
Saranagat is implied and there is Sadhusang is implied. One thing you cannot escape from this, fortunately, from this route. I mean, you cannot have service attitude without Saranagati. You, you cannot have Saranagati and service attitude without someone who already has that and is just no, making that contagious in your life. So for us, not only sickness is contagious, but health is contagious as well. That's our hope. <laughs> and that's what we call Sadhu Sangha. I, I'm with you, just you can give to me the epidemic wave of <laughs> bhakti. <laughs> so, because of that, he continues, no? Naturally, tat, tat karma prabhartana, engaged in bhakti, in proper spirit, depending on your association, sangha tyagat satovabhrite. Sangha tyagat, interestingly, means whatever, the same thing, the exact same thing that Rupa Goswami said in the previous verse. Jana sangha. And now he says sangha tyagat, but it's the same thing again. Nyakanaya Nyaya is called in Sanskrit. It's the maxim of the... How do you call it? Pounding the post. Okay, thank you. No. So like if you have to put this beautiful picture here, I'm, I'm sure the one who put it that, my mantra was that? Subal. I'm sure Subal didn't just hit the nail. Hit the nail? Once. Okay, let's put the picture. You have to really make it sustainable. So one, two and some other, more, some other times maybe in the same way in the scripture you have this type of nyaya or maxim, maxim you say like the maxim of like if you want something to be really clear and to enter it and eventually make something sustainable <laughs> you repeat it sometimes arinam 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 aiva kevalam kalo nastiyev 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 Sadhu Sangha, Sadhu Sangha, Sarva Shastra Lava Matra, Sadhu Sangha, or as I said before, Bhakti, Bhakti, Patram Pushram Phanati, Bhakti, Bhakti. So here again, Rupa Goswami, Jana Sangha, Sangha Tyagat, and Satobrite, which is the same from the other side of the question. So it's like, be very, have very clear this idea. No? Sangha Tyagat, avoid bad association. We spoke yesterday about that. <laughs> So, what's about bad association? We already spoke a little bit. We spoke a little bit more now. But Bhaktinath Thakur said, regarding uh, this point, it means whatever relationship you have to perform with someone who is not nurturing your bhakti, <laughs> just do that, do that as a matter of duty. And just, that's all. You have to go to work, you have to deal with someone and speak something that is not strictly the topmost Rasika Harikata. <laughs> okay, but that's a matter of duty. No? So you do that, it's your Dharma. But your Dharma, you are expressing your Dharma in the context of your Paradharma. No? So your duty will be performed in accordance to your higher duty. So there's no problem. In that way you try to connect whatever occupational duty you have with the Jaiva Dharmas, what you know, we'll call Bhagavatam says that over and over again. Sanustitasya, how is this verse? Dharma sanustitapum sambispaksena katasujat. Not padayev jadiratim framayeva hikivala. So, whatever you think you do according to your occupational sense existence, do that in such a way that that's increasing your taste for harikata. It's another way of saying whatever you do in the world, do in the service of paradharma bhakti. So, sangatyagat means. Try to, I mean, what, what did we say yesterday? 
we even make got some, some level of sadhu sangha from many people from many traditions but at the same time we have a very confidential project which means sadhaka deha which means we are trying to replace if you will or transubstantiate our <laughs> sense of existence and, and, and make that eventually a siddha we, we are the project is to become siddhas by proper being properly being sadhaka so that implies dealing with so many layers of uh, abhiman of a sense of being that is not very accurate so many samskars so many vasanas so many waves unconscious ways of who we think we are so in order to to enter into such a project and being successful we also have to receive a very specific type of association that will give us the positive sense of existence who we really want to be and as much as we advance that will be become really specific so for that specific thing we need a specific association and that's not to be sectarian I mean we as, as we say yesterday as you advance everyone becomes a guru but also as you advance you also require a specific type of association to nurture your blossoming uh, identity if you will no? so important to do that but in whatever stage we are yeah we have to take care uh, who is close to us basically because whoever is close close I mean internally <laughs> is transforming us in, in, in that so what do you want to transform in okay choose your sangha for that basically <laughs> and Satobrite just to finish some words about the last point which is uh, or sadhu briti sometimes is expressed sadhu briti briti means also like waves so the waves of the, the sadhus waves Maras understands he comes from Hawaii so he's a waves man he's a sadhu briti and he knows what waves are and he knows which are the proper waves to give us so we are trying to surf in, in that waves so to remain to enter into the hmm, surfing transcendental surfing and receiving the waves that are coming from the sadhu sometimes that's translated as following in the footsteps sato brite of the sadhus no? but basically it means that the sadhu is someone who is riding a particular wave if you want you can apply the idea of wave to sound wave also no? because it sounds no? sadhus are vibrating a particular wave <laughs> and they're riding it <laughs> and we are trying to follow that we receive sound from the sadhu and that takes us in a particular surfing disposition and serving disposition <laughs> so Satobrite has to do with this idea of, of really again as Rupa Goswami says you have to get with people with your same species and that applies in many levels of course in a general level general mood and nature but eventually even regarding if you have some affinity for a ultimate destiny in relation to Krishna you also need some close people who speak who have that affinity not whatever Sakya direction Madhurya direction whatever there is some necessity for that because if not you will find yourself like a little bit like awkward Sula no? Siddhar Maharaj gave the example of of the UFOs no? <laughs> like if you see some UFO now I'm seeing many they're like one to two <laughs> 
I remember Guru Maharaj when he was young was going to the street and giving papers to people that say you are a UF, you are a UFO. He, said, he explained why basically <laughs> you are not from here and so on. Mm-hmm. But if you see a UFO of the other ones, Mars and all other places. I mean, that will make your day, basically, no? <laughs> it's not that you will come home and just, like, continue. So everything nice, yeah, you just saw one UFO more. No, you will be, like, just immediately <laughs> calling someone. Or you will be quick, can we take an, an, a selfie, the two of us? I will take you to my Instagram. I will have many likes with that one. <laughs> Whatever. No, but you won't be just, like, quiet with that. So imagine you see the UFO, you come back running to your house and you start to tell your family, Mom, that I just saw a UFO. Oh. And they will say, Okay, UFO, alright, yes, tell me more about that. No? Like, yeah, yes, I have, yeah, my, my son has a problem. Yes. Very, very good, yeah. no. So you will feel immediately like, like devastated, basically, because it was so real for me and they are thinking I'm crazy so big abyss is there no? so I mean I, and maybe there's point you start to doubt about yourself am I crazy or what's going on here no? so you need to share that with someone that will really have faith in your words because there's nothing worse than you would go with someone with something that is the most real thing for you and the other people say you are crazy <laughs> That's big contrast. You follow? This is the most real thing I have in my life. And that person said, Oh, yeah, okay. No, and they said, No, no, I need reciprocation. <laughs> so, what you, will you do? You will enter Google and, and look for groups that have seen UFOs. <laughs> so, you start to write through them. Oh, my UFO was like this, this tall, and this weight, and this color. Oh, similar to mine. And you finally say, Feel, oh, I'm at home now. Swajatya. No? So that's Sila Siamras gave that example. He says Sadhu Sangha is like that. You have some uh, some type of glimpse of the other world and you want to share that with others <laughs> in order to nurture that glimpse. So Sadhu Sangha means this as we spoke the other day, this Napoleonic chair that Sila Siamras will say that we sit in, in, in circle, circle of friends <laughs> And one is serving as a chair for the other, but having the other as a chair for yourself. So giving support, receiving support simultaneously in so many directions, and in this way you can survive the the cold night of the soul in this case, <laughs> in the example of Napoleon. So sobriety is a very very important thing. There's one nice verse, just I'm closing, very nice verse in Mahabharata which says, uh, or start saying the famous Tarko, Pratishta, and uh, first things. But eventually it says, Dharmasya tattvam nihitam guhayam mahajano jena gata sopanta. No? So it says, first it says, by lo- mundane logic you cannot reach anywhere. And whatever is called a rishi or someone who knows about something uh, is someone who will come with a new opinion, another one with a new opinion, and they will, you will never, it will never end. So the point is, and they say in order to reach the real secret truth about Dharma that's hidden in the cave of the heart of the Mahajans so you had to follow the footsteps basically he's saying so whatever 
wave they are riding, <laughs> try to enter there, try to have your own experience, and after that you you reach your conclusion. But that's the only way to to know the absolute truth, basically. Vishabadev said that in Bhagavatam. Mahat Pado Rajavisekam. Say, how do you want to do you want to know the absolute truth? Yes. Okay, whatever you have to do is to have Mahat Pada Raj Abhishekam. Mahat Pada Raj Abhishekam. You have to bathe in this dust from the feet of the Mahats, of the great souls. That's the perfect scientific method for getting the absolute truth. You have to do Abhishek no? of the feet, dust feet of the Mahajans. Of course, that implies surrender. <laughs> that implies put your feet on the ground not only in a physical way, but you can start physically, that's already creating some exercise, some results. Recently I was reading a little bit of one Christian saint that received the service of only, quote-unquote, putting his head to the ground to every person that was entering the temple. That was the service someone gave. You offer pranam to everyone. And after that he wrote a book about all the realizations he had for doing that. For just doing that. Of course, something was going inside. No? So we should surrender to the sadhu. That means following the footsteps. Not imitation, as we said the other day. Not anukar, but anusar. Follow the essence of the world. So, the world and world. So, as get to get to the essence of the sadhu, saranagati surrender is implied. Because of that, pranipatena is the first thing. Surrender to the guru. And interestingly, Srila Prabhupada translates pranipatena as approach the guru. Approach. But the real meaning is surrender. So, the idea is real approaching the sadhu is by surrendering. <laughs> I mean, you walk to the sadhu <laughs> in, in the footsteps of saranagati. If not, there's no really getting close to him, to her. So Saranagat is the real proximity, anugatya, no, getting close, following. Because Silasiana said, inside the Guru's body there are so many bacteria and other elements that are so closely, intimately associating with him. <laughs> but not in the spirit of surrender. So there is no real proximity. You and maybe you never met your guru physically I know many Prabhupada disciples that never met Prabhupada actually, literally and they were so surrendered to him and got the fortune to meet him, many of them so, what's real proximity? who is closer? <laughs> so, Satu following his footsteps makes, makes make their their path your your path, your goals, your life and so on some words regarding these six steps and in more specific detail tomorrow we will finish our series because now he's saying Satobrite, get close to the sadhus so where, also what will I do when I get close to the sadhus how do I ex- interact with them fourth verse Rupa Goswami will share another six things that will speak about pretty lakshana you know, like loving uh, characteristics or loving attributes of the exchange between devotees how we should relate each other that will be a very nice session hopefully but I will finish my discourse here it put, we'll put it to rest for a while and we'll invite our dear Ashram Maharaj to please 
give the proper perspective regarding this third shloka of Padashamrita to Kripad Bhakti his appreciation for how thoroughly Kripanava Maharaj covered this topic. One thing I might add is that Dhyayat can also be translated as forbearance. And we see that in the verse that Maharaj cited from Lord Brahma, Tate Nukampam Susamikshamana. Um, and maybe just a little comment on I, I really liked his um, extending the idea of writing waves to writing the waves of transcendental sound. Mm, yeah. And those who are experienced know where to look for waves, they know what kinds of conditions are going to make good waves, and they know what good waves look like. They know what they feel like. And when they, when they see them, um, they respond accordingly. You think, oh, i got to go out. <laughs> you know, if you've got someone who's a big wave rider um, and, and likes, um, you know, uh, a, a ride like Peahi or Jaws on Maui, that's where they're, they're going to be looking for the conditions that are, you know, they're checking surf line or whatever on, on the web or whatever weather things they checking the, the buoys and everything and they know oh, okay uh, this is, a, a, Jaws might be going off on, you know, in, in a couple of days so they quick book their tickets they fly to uh, fly into Kahului all the B&Bs get filled up by the crazy people and uh, um you know, and they get their partners with the jet skis and everything, and they go out there, and um, and it's you know an extremely satisfying experience for them, and they can't wait for more. In the same way, the devotees they know what the conditions are. Um, oh, such and such a sadhu is going to be in town. It's going to be time to you know take off on you know find those waves, take off on them, and let yourself get buried deep, get really tubed, get back there way back in the green room where it's, you can't see the sky and nobody can see you. And that's how, you know, that's how we should be when we have the, uh, the opportunity to associate with sadhus. We're so um, uh, fortunate that Padmanabha Maharaj is, you know, is here. In a, in a couple of weeks, we'll have uh, Giri Maharaj and Atula Nanda Maharaj. Then we'll have Tripurari Maharaj and we'll all be drowning. But as as Maharaj says in Shikshastra, you drown there. What's the loss? You know, we you know we want it, we want to f- find ways to immerse ourselves. There'll be so many um, opportunities. The whole you know, practically, <coughs> you know, the next six weeks are, are just a festival. Devotees are going to prevail on Padmanabha Maharaj to to speak at uh, you know at the Bhakti Rasa's house. Um, I might prevail on him to speak at uh, Archana City in Karnamrita's house on Bhagavad Gita. Um, and, you know, and, and then there'll be so, um, you know, so, you know, so many sadhus. Um, you know, we've already, most of us have already met Gary Maharaj and you know how sweet his association is. 
and, and it's doubled because he has to speak and hear mostly through Padmanabha Maharaj as, as Maharaj said his, his English is survival mode English <laughs> um, and, and Atulananda Maharaj is such a, 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 a wonderful sadhu done so much service in, in South America and um, must have really deep realizations because he's taken Spanish translations of so you know he's written so much poetry of his own but he's also translated the, you know poeticized the trans the Spanish translations of Chaitanya Charitamrita and so many so many, you know so this is this is going to be amazing so you know get your wax and uh, fill up your quiver with the right boards so that we can you know, ride all these waves of transcendental sound. Oh, one more thing I was thinking. When Padmanabha Maharaj was talking about the uh, Jiva Goswami uh, citing the logic of pounding the post, which he does in uh, Paramatma Sandarva, I think he talks about it. Um, and, and he was referring to the, uh, the Goduli picture, Mahavir Swami's Goduli picture, but we have another Goduli picture right next to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talk about pounding the post. Stereo. Yeah, stereo, I like that. <laughs> so, and, and maybe we should get uh, Murli Dars, where they're com- which is based on Govinda Dasi's thing that she did, a picture uh-huh. that she drew back in in the 60s coming from the other direction with like it's like a river this of cows one? and cowherd boys yeah. oh okay <laughs> so we've that's got sur- no no that's not, that's a different one I would, that's I'm not sure whose that is um, Murli Dars I've sometimes had on my the one my, includes the problem for the cowherd boys yeah yeah yeah, he based that painting on, on Govinda Dasi's drawing that she did in 67 I think um, and uh, so, you know, have surround sound. <laughs> more waves. <laughs> Quick story about more waves. One of my old friends in Hawaii, Hari Vallabha, much, even much more of a surfer than I, um, when, when I had the Gurukula in Hawaii, we would... Um, I would take the boys to play in the afternoon after school, different places. So sometimes we'd go to the beach, and I had a trunk full of boogie boards um, for the boys. And one time, Hari Vallabha came with us, and we were at this one place where there's really nice, little, gentle waves that the boys could could boogie board. And um, his son, Akmarama, was in my gurukul, in my ashram at the time, and um, he fell off a wave, and just started bawling, you know, because he lost a wave, and Hari Vallabha said, it's okay, don't worry about it, Amaro, there's always another wave. So, I mean, waves in the ocean are like that. You know, it, you may have some flat days, but you know that there's always going to be, uh, swell's going to come again. So we're always looking out for that. You have perfectly expressed all, your, all of your Hawaiian samskars at this moment. <laughs> Some scars I'm supposed to be shedding. <laughs> Your birth has been totally justified. <laughs> I'm not sure you were on the board while you were out there. Too. Is there any question or something you would like to ask before we finish? Or commentary or whatever?
Kirtan for a brief Kirtan, we'll make the offering and then Go